the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Hello, everybody. We're delighted to have you with us this morning, wherever you're listening from, whether you're just listening or you're watching. We're delighted to have you with us. And I'm also delighted to have Chewy and Jan Martinez, who are our guests this morning. And to remind all of us, um, including myself, that the purpose of this program is to interview people who are followers of Jesus, who um, are being Jesus' hands and feet in their lives, no matter what our vocation is, or what our circumstances, we need to be asking the question, how can I best reflect Jesus? Because in a way, that's translation of the Word of God. It's translating the Word of God into flesh, into hands and feet, so that the people who meet us meet Jesus and can be drawn to him. So it's it's biblical translation, it's witnessing, it's proclaiming the gospel through the demonstration of God's love. Chewie and Jan, thank you very much for being with us. And thank you for having us. Yeah, uh, Chewie and Jan are involved in a very interesting ministry of working with Afghan refugees, and uh, or just refugees in general, and um, and allowing their lives to touch the lives of refugees. And we'll learn more about that in a minute. But first, Chewie and Jen, uh, either together or separately, give us an elevator speech of who you are. Tell us who you are. And uh, Jen, ladies first, we'll okay. start with you. Sure. Well, in my early 20s, I was reading God's Word, and I realized that Jesus loves me. And I wanted to give my life to him. And this decision to walk with Jesus um, was not only full of joy and purpose, but it gave me strength to go through some of life's most difficult situations, one of which was the loss of my husband at the age of 42 and Mm -hmm. raising four children on my own. I I was Mm -hmm. widowed for 26 years. Wow. Okay. So... How did that lead you into into what you and Julie are doing now? Well, after I raised the kids and they moved out of the house, I went on a mission trip to Haiti, and I fell in love with the people and 
with sharing the gospel cross-culturally, and I decided I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I joined Mm -hmm. a ministry called E3 Partners, where we plant churches and disciple people and share the gospel. Um, I've been on staff with them over 20 years now, and I've been all over the world. I've been to Russia, Vietnam, Israel, Jordan, Egypt, Cuba, China, Venezuela, India, and several Latin American countries doing short-term missions. You're a well-traveled person, Jan. (laughs) And part of my job at E3 Partners in San Diego was to promote interest in missions. So we would host a monthly luncheon where we would invite pastors and people to come and hear from those who had just returned from the mission field. And so my job was to make the food. I loved to cook. And we had 40 to 60 people at those meetings. Mm. I'd love to taste your food. (laughs) And that's when Chewy comes in the picture because we both love to cook. Uh, He was a professional chef, and uh, we developed a friendship. And he told me one day, I can help you cook for 40 to 60 people. I said, really? Just the two of us? He said, yeah, I cook for a thousand a day, so 40, 60 is nothing. (laughs) So um, we we cooked one of our luncheons together and then sat down in the, the room afterwards to hear all the stories. And Chewy was blown away by the stories. He said, does this really happen? People are healed. Um, people are being saved. Miraculous things are happening. Churches are planted and just through ordinary people. And I said, long story short, then we fell in love and got married. And Chewy eventually left the kitchen and came on staff with E3. Okay, Chewy, your turn. <laughs> Thank you. So... Um, my story is a little bit different. Uh, there was a time in my life when I was quite proud and independent. I was, um, I considered myself smart with two college degrees and I was recruited to uh, high-level consulting. So right. I, I thought I was at the top of my game and making tons of money and I thought I have arrived because I am so smart. Um, <laughs> but then I I lost everything due to a divorce and the, the change in the economy in Silicon Valley and all that Silicon Valley bubble just came mm. uh, crashing down. Wow. And I found myself without a job, without a family, without a wife. And I, I tried to figure out what happened. And what happened led me to be arrested for being a vigilante. That's what I was accused of. I, well, I yeah. thought I thought I was trying to help somebody, right? And they said uh, we don't allow vigilante justice in our county, and I was charged, put in jail for oh, for a for a period of six months, and I was angry. I was angry because of course. I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And I was so angry I would get into arguments and fights in jail. So for my own safety, I was put in solitary confinement um, for about a month and a half. 
Oh, boy. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> in, in, this yeah. little, in this little tiny dark cell, I met the Lord and Savior himself. Wow. I, I had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. Yes, yes. And I learned that I was not created to be independent. I was created mm. to worship and follow him. Amen. And and so I asked for forgiveness. I um, and I Jesus granted me that forgiveness very graciously, asked me to follow him, and that's what I've been doing for over 20 years. Oh, wow. I, Tell us, both of you. Okay, well, now that we know a little bit about who you are, how did the Lord lead you into ministry with refugees? And tell us a little bit about that ministry. Well, um, COVID started it all, <laughs> as it did many things, and we couldn't fly anymore. We couldn't go overseas. So we were kind of discouraged, and then we realized, hey, the nations are coming right here to Phoenix. And we got in touch with a a lady, Roxanne Small, from um, Matthew House. And we took a class from her learning how to how to uh, love Muslims, or how to love refugees, I should say. Okay. And we were just so excited about it. And we um, felt like this was an answer to prayer. We were assigned a family, and they were from Afghanistan. And that family was airlifted out of Afghanistan during that time you've seen on TV. Yes, yes. They had one hour to, to leave their home, which they'd lived in all their lives, jump oh, on a plane, no luggage, just the clothes on their back, and come to a country they've never been to. So my heart goes out to people like that because they're thrown into this country and they don't know what what's going on. So part mm-hmm. of our ministry is coming alongside these people just helping them navigate life here in America. Um, and, and the Bible is full of, of instructions that we should be kind to the foreigner. We should invite them into our home. We should love them as Jesus would. And so what happened with that family? Well, they've become like family to us. They're wonderful. They have a mom and dad and five adult kids. One, the youngest is in high school. And um, we go to their house for dinner. They come to our house for dinner. Um, they're just very easy to love. They're very sweet, now, sweet what, people. What is, what is their faith background? They're Muslim. They, and they're and how, is that, how is that? You guys are followers of Jesus. Right. Correct. You're followers of Muhammad. Right. Um, how does that work out? You say you, they're like family with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and does the religious... Uh, how, how, how does the interplay with the two faiths work out? Well, we don't purposely start conversations with them about their faith, but questions will come up. We'll ask them. They'll ask us something. We had them over for uh, a big um, Eid celebration after their month of fasting. Right. And Eid is the holiday after the Muslim Ramadan, right? Yeah, they break yes. their fast with yes. a huge meal. And okay. Chewy, tell them what you did with So I knew that uh, Eid was coming up, and I talked to the oldest son, and he said, my father is very concerned that we find um, a lamb 
that we find a lamb to slaughter because um, they use the term korbani. A lamb is our korbani who takes away our sin of the year. Right. So we were, I called around to find a sheep farm. I found one. I took the the parents and the son, and they selected the right perfect lamb for them. Right. And um, the dad was very insistent that he would slaughter it himself. Really? Okay. So he um, took time to pray over the lamb, and I understand he was putting all the sins of the family for the year on the lamb, and then he slaughtered it. And from there, it was dressed. We took all the meat home, and we celebrated with fresh lamb and various Afghan dishes that were, that are really quite delicious and remarkable. Mm. Oh, and you would know because you're a cook. I yes, <laughs> I do. Um, I love to cook, um, and I provided the the kitchen, my kitchen, right. And they were happy to jump in and provide the meal. We invited our team, who consists of ten people and their families. And our in our family of seven Muslims, and we had a great celebration. What now, do you mean, Team Chewy? So, what is team? So, Jen and I started this ministry with the intention that we were supposed to um, lead our church into the um, a world perspective. Okay, of, of serving other people as as Jesus asked us to do. He commanded us to do. Yes. So we we pro- put out announcements that we were recruiting team members, and lo and behold, it was not a problem. We had lots of applicants, lots of people who wanted to serve with, with different backgrounds. We had a teacher. We had an electrical engineer. We, we had a high school teacher and a basketball coach. Wow. We, we had retired nurse, um, musicians, some musicians. Yeah, and now, you say you went to your church. Correct. How big is your church? How many members do you have? So we are a growing church. We're up to three hundred. Okay. And we're building a new sanctuary because our our present sanctuary can't hold three hundred people. And you're growing. Uh, my my guess is. Partly because you have a very clear mission, mm-hmm. and um, you know people want to be a part of something important. Mm-hmm. And when they see the church is not there just to meet on Sunday, but there to, uh, to with a purpose, and the purpose is to be in one way to say it, Jesus' hands and feet, they come. Amen. Yes. And so you're mm-hmm. growing. Well, and 300 isn't a huge megachurch, so you don't have to be a megachurch in order to do the kind of thing you're doing. Is that correct? That's right. Just ordinary people um, who have a love for the Lord and for the strangers. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so you have a team. How many people on this team? There are 10 of us right now. Okay, all right. And And what do you do as a team? 
Oh, we do a lot of activities. We have dinners together. We um, share holiday dinners together. In fact, we shared a, a, a Thanksgiving with them uh, two years ago. It's their our fam our Afghan family's first Thanksgiving dinner, and so after dinner we were sitting around and we were all sharing what one thing we were thankful for. And all the dad and the two adult men in the in the um, in the room, they all said, when we came to the United States, we felt so alone. We had no family, mm-hmm. no friends. But now they said, we feel safe. We feel loved. We feel like we have family, and you are all our family. Wow, wow. That is exactly what Jesus meant, to befriend the stranger. Yes. You meant to befriend the refugee. Amen. And to show them his love. Tell us uh, a story or two uh, about what the results are besides um, finding a lamb, you know, besides sharing special uh, meals, holiday meals with your refugee families. Well, we had a a ladies day out the other day. As I said, this is what ladies in America do. They go out to lunch. So we took the the mom and the two girls, and we went to botanical gardens and had a wonderful time. And then we all went out for lunch together at an Afghan restaurant, and they thought that was great because they don't do that. Yeah, right. The oldest son, uh, who's 30 now, oh, by his standards, and he was a helicopter pilot. And while we don't um, pressure them to come to our church, um, this young man said, can I come to church with you? Mm. I I said, yes, of course. Of course you can. And he he has been coming to church every Sunday for the last 12 or 13 Sundays in a row. Right. And... um, we we've been asked, what did you say to him to make him come to church? I said I said nothing. <laughs> we just, you know what, Chewie? I disagree. You did say something. You said something with your life. Amen. You said something which was much more audible and much more intelligible mm-hmm. than if you had mm-hmm. invited him to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. And, while we don't talk about the gospel, we we do share our beliefs and our faith. Yes. Mostly when they ask us. Right. And every time we get together, they ask me to pray for them. Do they really? Yeah. In in the name of Jesus, pray wow. for them. Wow. So I I think that's huge. It is huge. You know, and it it also reminds me of um, the the dist the distance or difference between some of our expectations as Christians in terms of witness, we think okay, we'll share the gospel and invite people to pray the sinner's prayer, and it all happens in a day or in a crusade or in a meeting, and your experience is very different than that. It's a long term process. Amen. Of yes. people experiencing Jesus, is that right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, we have we have come to realize that our ministry is a relational evangelism, relational to make 
the foreigner feels safe and secure to be right. to befriend them and we have a i would say a gift for hospitality but we just invite them to be part of our coming and going our family as we would our neighbors and that's what they're looking for right so, somebody to befriend them our our focus was to teach them english and have okay. conversation with them with all the family members and we are not just going to have conversation but one of our team members is actually a retired ESL teacher and she okay. she volunteered to teach the parents english and the young people are going to class with a different ministry to learn english okay all right Oh, and, and one exciting thing is that this this other team member, she was at their house, and they were talking, and the youngest, the high school boy, said, we worship and we pray to Muhammad. Why do you pray to Jesus? Mm. And that just opened the door for, I think, a three-hour conversation, she said, just sharing what the faith in Jesus means. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know— it's not that complicated, is it? No. <laughs> it's it's sort of like inviting people to be a part of your lives. Um, yes. And um, and I don't think you have to have a special gift of hospitality. No. Nope. It's just inviting people to be a part. And walking with you in your life, they see who you are, and mm -hmm. they meet Jesus indirectly. Mm -hmm. that, that is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. And... Chewy, I understand from an earlier conversation, I think it was with Jan, maybe with you, uh, the helicopter pilot um, needed a a driver's license. Is that right? That, that's correct. Tell so, us about that. So the focus was to teach them English or to have them come up in their English uh, um, fluency. Right. And, and the other thing I thought it was important was – transportation, how to get them to manage their family affairs, right? to go to the, the store, the grocery store, how to um, go find jobs. So without a, a car, it would be difficult for them to go interview and secure right. yes. a, a job. Yep. So my focus was to teach the oldest one how to drive and how to get comfortable with our freeways and our um, uh, very hectic um, driving in the city. Right. And they, he managed. He's, he's a very bright young man. He got his driver's license, and then he had to acquire a car. I just so happened to have an extra vehicle. I said, you can have this vehicle as your own until you buy your own car. Yeah, yeah. Well, well within a span of maybe six months, the, he got a job. The next oldest got a job. And the daughter got a job. And the, <laughs> with, with three people with good-paying um, jobs right. they could afford 
their, their own, own transportation. Yeah. So before they returned my car, the dad polished it, uh, polished the tires, polished the engine. <laughs> it was like a new car. Wow. And they were so wow. thankful for the time that they um, were able to use mine. Um, and I, I think that strategy is working. Now, right. Our ultimate goal, of course, is to integrate them into the society. And they are well on their way to uh, financial independence and just... Um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, getting into the fabric of our society. Julian Jim, you have 60 seconds only. Make it 30 seconds to tell the people who are listening and are watching what you would say to them to help them become Jesus' hands and feet with refugees in the city that they live in. I would say don't be afraid of someone who's different from you. you embrace them and their culture. Um, you will be blessed far beyond your imagination if you become the hands and feet of Jesus with this family. Amen. Julie, what about you? Yeah, I, I would add that refugees are like, like we are. That is, we are strangers in this land. This is not our home. This is a temporary residence. So we treat the refugees as our neighbors. Amen. And, and we want to welcome them. We want to allow them to open their eyes and, and may and know. all of us go and do amen. the same amen thank you so much jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me next monday at 5 30 p.m on faith talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities if you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.